Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. The temporomandibular joint, TMJ for short, connects your lower jaw to your skull. This is what actually opens and closes your mouth. A TMJ dysfunction can be caused from bad sleeping habits, dental work, stress, and grinding or clenching the teeth. When your jaw isn't functioning properly, it can lead to headaches, vertigo, pain, and ringing in the ears. It's become one of the most common conditions I see in my clinic, and I'm excited to have with us Dr. Sanda Moldovan, award-winning Los Angeles dentist, periodontist, and nutritionist. If you think you might have a TMJ disorder or you just want some other great tips on general oral health, don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internationally recognized speaker, award-winning periodontist, author, and television personality. Her expertise includes oral health, periodontics, nutrition, and anti-aging. She lectures on dental implants and nutrition for a healthy mouth at the UCLA School of Dentistry and is a faculty member of Global Institute for Dental Education. She's the go-to oral expert for the Emmy Award-winning syndicated daytime television series, The Doctors. She's also a regular on NBC and CBS. In addition, she's an editor for the Inside Dentistry magazine and a regular contributor to the Huffington Post. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sanda Moldovan. Thank you so much, Dr. Friedman. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, so glad you could join us. Like I mentioned you know, before we started, I've had several dentists on the show, but we've never delved into the topic of TMJ dysfunction. And with the pandemic increasing people's anxiety and stress, there's more teeth clenching and grinding now than ever. Any suggestions you can offer? Absolutely. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because I've seen so many patients in the last couple of years coming in with uh, stress in their joint, pain. They can't even open their mouth anymore because of the tension and uh, broken teeth, really, because if we don't address uh, the tension and, uh, you know, the stress has to go somewhere. It's either in the joint or in the teeth. Right. Now, is sleeping with a mouth guard, that's, that's the go-to, is that helpful? Can this actually remedy a TMJ disorder or does it just protect the teeth? Great question, because um, most dentists, that's what we do. That's what we're taught in school initially to just basically, oh, you have your grinding and clenching. Let me give you a night guard or day guard for that matter. But the problem is that's only really like a Band-Aid. We're not really addressing, uh, you know, the root of the problem. And uh, I'm actually a biological dentist. We have a biological dental office, and we we connect the mouth with the rest of the body. So uh, we got, you know, what's the root problem? Definitely dealing with stress. So number one thing we offer to our patients is tools to deal with that stress. Um, so for example, a lot of my patients have had success at night listening to like a YouTube meditation or anything that can help calm the mind before going to bed. Uh, Taking CBD oil, for example, you know, we have CBD receptors on the brain that actually can help calm the mind before going to bed. Magnesium is a great supplement uh, that we recommend to our patients. Most like 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium, which is a muscle relaxant. So usually 500 milligrams at night is a great way to help the muscles to, to get what they need to be in more relaxed state. Great. Any exercises they should do? Should some, some say to open your mouth and try to resist it because that fatigues the, the opener, the pterygoid? 
Absolutely. We recommend exercises like stretching exercises at night and also in the morning. You know, people wake up, it's like I tell them, when you go to the gym, you stretch, right, at the end of uh, a workout. So after you're working out your muscles all night long, it's great to wake up in the morning, exactly, open the jaw, help, uh, you know, resist unclosing, also stretching the neck from side to side and ear to shoulder. It's a great way because everything's connected uh, to help bring some some uh, release of that lactic acid build up overnight. Right. How about, yeah. a, how about a cervical pillow? Does that help with the TMJ, getting that neck in the proper position at night? Absolutely. But I think uh, with the neck in the proper position, really, that's where the night guard comes into place as well. But yeah, cervical pillow and also um, wearing your night guard. And, you know, from a biological perspective, um, and I work with a chiropractor here at our Beverly Hills uh, Dental Health and Wellness Office. Uh, he does the adjustments actually at the head and neck before we fit people with a night guard. Because what happens is, you know, the bones are out of alignment. And as a dentist, I don't know how to adjust those. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So he, after he does the adjustments, we do the fitting to make sure the bite supports the alignment of the head and neck. Um, and then we do applied kinesiology to make sure that uh, things are in alignment and the night guard at night actually not only protects the teeth, but also helps keep the jaw a little bit open so that the TM joint can get the nutrients in there. Because what happens when we clench at night is that the joint, uh, there's a reduced space. It goes up into the skull and it puts pressure on the disc. And over the years, that disc can get wear and tear. And unfortunately, once it gets wear and tear, it's hard to rebuild it back. Um, so we create, we create that space with a night guard so that the nutrients and the fluid, the synovial fluid that's in the joint can actually help to regenerate, uh, that space and maintain the disc thickness. Yeah, that's great. I'm curious. I've read, uh, that people who recover from COVID-19 are more prone to having TMJ disorders and some speculate it's from the bruxism or excessive mouth breathing. Some believe it's just part of the migration of the virus itself. I'm curious, uh, have you seen any correlation? Uh, yes, we've seen a correlation, and but that's not in just uh, COVID. It's also in a lot of other chronic disease patients, such as, let's say, Lyme disease. The reason being is when the body's under stress um, and, you know, we have all these post-COVID symptoms, uh, so people go on uh, through these, this chronic inflammation, the body senses that as a stress and clenching from this kind of internal uh, physiological stress, it manifests itself as clenching. Got that. For sure. That makes sense. I'm curious if mm -hmm. somebody grinds and destroys their teeth, rather than going with, you know, the full expensive crowns, veneers are sometimes an option. What's your opinion? Doesn't the continuous grinding also destroy veneers or are they safe? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It can. So we, that's why always wearing your night guard, especially when you're putting such an investment in your mouth, right? Veneers and crowns uh, is that up most important. But zirconia, uh, which is um, used a lot for people that are clenching and, and grinding heavily, is four times as strong as human enamel. Oh. So we actually don't see the same amount of wear on zirconia than we do on, on human enamel. Oh, I got mm -hmm. that. Because some people spend a fortune, get their mouth all done, and then they clench and ruin it. So that's a good to know. That's what they should look for. Yeah. I mean, the advances in dentistry today, especially when it comes to the biomaterials, we have different options for different people and definitely metal restorations don't belong in the mouth anymore. So 
So we've come a long way to get rid of metal and really put things that are biocompatible that can actually withstand, you know, the forces of chewing better than enamel. That's great. What about uh, these uh, face mask wearing? Is is this taking a toll on people's oral health? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, as a periodontist, uh, I'm seeing more and more uh, gingival inflammation because uh, we're not getting the oxygenation as readily. Um, so I'm seeing more bleeding of the gums, especially more plaque uh, deposits. But also, you know, it's interesting people, uh, and I find uh, I do this myself, I'm breathing through my mouth instead of my nose when I have my mask on all the time. And when we do that, we move our jaw forward when we breathe through our mouth. So a lot of people move their lower jaw forward so we can actually get TMJ problems just from wearing the mask all the time. Yeah, I, I notice. I, I walk in, I see a patient, and, she, and she's rolling her jaw forward. And I said, why are you doing that? And she says, oh, it's to push my mask back up. I'm like, oh, that's so that. And she has TMJ, and she, and she gets <laughs> getting headaches, and, and it's not getting better. And that's she's doing that. I mean, she's doing that. I would, I would estimate a thousand times a day. She's just doing that when she's oh, everywhere, everywhere oh. she is. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've actually uh, recently started incorporating this uh, light therapy in my practice for people that have uh, especially TMJ tension. And uh, light therapy nowadays is, is FDA approved for reducing pain and inflammation. And we've had really good success of people actually treating their home every day with a light therapy in order to reduce the tension and help uh, help with their uh, symptoms. Yeah, and that's so important because, you know, you can't just tell somebody to stop clenching their teeth. It, they let them do it at night when they're sleeping. and It's involuntary. It's They're not doing it purposely. So, you know, I, don't, I find myself in the day when I'm into a project, I'll clench my teeth and I have to pretend my tongue weighs, I, my, my little trick I do, I pretend my tongue weighs 10 pounds and I just let it fall and my jaw relaxes. It's a little trick I've learned and I make myself aware of that and it's like you can try it. You just let your tongue fall and your jaw muscles just chill. It's my little technique but if I, I don't it. consciously be aware of that, I'm clenching while I'm writing my this and that manuscript or writing you know, for the show. So that's good to know. One thing I want to switch gears, you're, you're a fan of probiotic supplements but not just for the gut but for the mouth. Most people don't think of oral health when it comes to probiotics. Share with us the connection. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually one of my passions, really the uh, microbiome of the mouth, because um, we've learned a lot over the years. When I finished my um, periodontal program back in 2004, we were really treating periodontal disease all the same. Uh, we weren't looking at what type of bacteria, what type of bacterial fingerprint people have in their mouth. But now... Uh, we're able to do that. We do a saliva test and uh, we're able to more target the treatment. And through the use of probiotics, especially chewable probiotics, what we've learned is like uh, they can reduce inflammation. We have great studies to show that they reduce cavities as well. So they're great for children. Um, as, as we noticed lately that the rate of cavities in kids has increased in the last uh, few years, mostly because of the, the use of ADD medication and um, uh, really having a chewable probiotic, I think, should be part of pretty much every day, just like so many people are taking it for their stomachs. I think using it for the mouth is great. Yeah. What should people look for when shopping for a probiotic? Is there any specific strains that's better for oral health? Yes. We have studies to show that uh, oral health probiotics are slightly different. So a lactobacillus 
um, combination of about five plus different probiotics is ideal. I actually worked on a formulation myself, uh, knowing I put the research together. And the reason why I worked on one is because nobody liked the taste. The taste was so chalky. So uh, um, Orasana Probiotic is uh, vegan certified, and it's sweetened with xylitol. And the other thing that xylitol does in a probiotic supplement, it decreases biofilm. So people that build a lot of plaque will notice that it helps to keep the plaque away, especially now that we're all wearing our masks. I think it's a great way to, to uh, combat uh, you know, gum disease, cavities, just by using a chewable probiotic. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up xylitol. You know, there's so many sugar alternatives. We know sugar's bad, but a lot of people reach for the stevia, the monk fruit, the coconut sugar. Are any of those bad for the teeth? I know they're less aggressive to the body than sugar, but I know xylitol's number one. Is there one that we should watch out for? So the way we look at um, sugars, and actually in my book, Heal Up, I have a whole chapter dedicated on healing with food, and I go over different sugar alternatives. Uh, We look at the glycemic index. So basically, if something has a high glycemic index, it's not good for the teeth because uh, bacteria loves to feed on anything that's high glycemic. So unfortunately, even natural things like honey can be uh, a cavity causing if used in high amounts. Uh, Things like maple syrup also can be um, cavity causing or even let's say dates, right? The natural sugar in dates because it's sticky, that can be a cavity causing. So that's why a lot of my patients who are holistic, they come in with a lot of cavities and they're saying, well, you know, I eat all natural foods. Yes, but what is that glycemic index of of that food or of that sugar? So for that reason, I like xylitol. Erythritol is another one that uh, I see now a lot of drinks on the market uh, being sweetened with erythritol. I think that's a great alternative. Mm-hmm. Right. I know more and more people were getting this savvy about when it comes to avoiding food that contain chemicals, artificial sweeteners, and preservatives, but they don't think twice about the toothpaste and mouthwash they use. Just because we're not eating those products, can we still absorb chemicals through our mouth and gums? Absolutely. And you know, some medications like uh, heart medications, you put it under the tongue and it gets absorbed instantly. So anything we use to clean our teeth uh, will get absorbed. So uh, definitely um, look what's in your toothpaste and uh, people that are like natural, they eat organic foods, definitely it's time to upgrade your toothpaste and your mouthwash. Um, And some of the mouthwashes have also a lot of chemicals in them. They even have uh, toothpaste that are, for example, with antifreeze in them on the market. Uh, and even something like uh, chlorhexidine, some, or, or it's used as a pesticide in the field. So I, I'm not a big fan of these harsh chemicals to try to just kill all the plaque off the teeth. We need to maintain a good balance of friendly bacteria. Like all these chemicals really are too harsh. And typically what grows back first is actually the bad bugs, not the friendly ones. So try to nourish your mouth, right, nourish your mouth with with, uh, natural things, with uh, diet, diet plays a big factor in the health of our mouth, Uh, because I always say, you know, the mouth is a gateway to the health, and when I look in someone's mouth, I can really see how this person's lifestyle is, Uh, you know, are they nutritionally deficient, do they eat a lot of bad foods, Um, do they eat a lot of sugary foods, are they clenching or grinding, uh, are they bulimic, 
we really see a lot. What have you found? I'm, I'm curious, is there any particular diet that makes teeth a little bit worse, like keto or paleo or vegan, or, or does that not have an effect? Good question, you know, because I'm a big fan of Western Price, who actually in the 1930s, uh, you know, did his research on the tribes in South America, and he traveled all over the world looking at people's diets in relation to how their teeth look. We need fiber in our diet, absolutely. And I think, you know, as a Western civilization, most people don't get enough fiber. Fiber helps to clean the teeth and also helps with jaw development. So uh, we suffer as a nation from crowding nowadays. That's why everybody's getting, you know, clear aligners and braces because we suffer from crowding because we don't put our jaws through the same stress that our ancestors did in order to develop the jaw bone. So having fibrous foods, raw fruits and vegetables at a young age is very important. And also the fiber acts as a cleansing, um, like almost like a natural toothbrush on our gums and teeth to remove the plaque. So it naturally keeps it, our mouth clean, as well as our digestive tract, of course. I don't know paleo diet, like somebody who's eating paleo, but not a lot of fiber. We do see a more increase in plaque for sure. Or increase. Great. Hey, what's your views on flossing? I'm an aggressive overflosser, and I was told by my dentist to stop because I was damaging the gums between my teeth. In your opinion, is there such thing as going overboard with flossing? Yes, absolutely. We call them floss cuts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great that you love to floss because most people don't. The reality is, and actually I saw statistics that the average floss used in a year by a person is 18 inches. And uh, that that's that's pretty low because most people don't like to floss. But yes, we do have very few people such as yourself that maybe, you know, are a little bit too aggressive. And my recommendation is if you like floss, great. Just kind of wrap it like a C in, around the tooth instead of going straight down. Because what happens is if you snap the floss down, it creates a cut in the gum. And that over time, that kind of injury that's repetitive, it can actually cause a recession in between. And then and then those annoying spaces in between the teeth, you can actually get food trapped in there. And if the root starts to show, then you're more prone to decay. And yeah, but I love a water jet much better for that reason, especially for people that don't like to floss. So that's one advice I have. Yes, we do need to clean in between the teeth. And if you love string floss, that's great. But also for those of you that don't like to use string floss, we know that the next best thing is the water jet. And just with water, you don't need to use any mouthwashes or anything like that. Yeah, I love your tip about putting a C in there rather than straight down because it causes uh, definitely a recession worse than what we experienced in 2008. Much worse recession <laughs> in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so that, that's, right. a, that's yeah. a good tip. I'm taking. I have not heard that, so that's good to know. Uh, one thing I want topic I want to hit before before you have to run is I know you're a believer in having silver amalgams, you know, removed or or not, you know, not added. That uh, question I have it's so controversial. Should healthy people with no symptoms get get all their silver fillings removed from their mouths or could that stir up a hornet's nest and cause issues? That's a great question. You know, I'm a big believer in personalized dentistry. Uh, and I myself had 16 huge mercury fillings in my mouth uh, from Romania. I grew up in Romania and I did have them all removed because I had developed mercury toxicity in my body. So uh, everybody's ability to detoxify from mercury is different. And we really check for that here in our practice 
before we go ahead and remove them. We want to know, hey, if somebody's able to detoxify the mercury, because what happens when you have these amalgam mercury fillings? Anytime you eat, drink something hot, mercury vapors come off the filling. Anytime you brush your teeth, mercury fillings come off, uh, mercury vapors. And they get lodged in fatty tissue in the brain shortly after we get these fillings put in. Um, and it's, it's, some people are better at detoxification than others. So if people have high mercury in their body, we do recommend removal of these fillings. And then with the help of a naturopath or integrative physician, just to help detoxify from the uh, body burden of the mercury. Got that. So basically, you don't recommend just, hey, I would take out all these silver. You say, whoa, get some blood work. Let's see if you've got high. That makes sense rather than just be aggressive. I've, I've known people that got very sick after just getting all the, the, the silver out, and they were healthy before. And like you said, it stirs it up, and they're, you know, they're, they're matching some of that in the bloodstream again. So that's that's good advice. And the two minutes we have left, is there anything else you'd want to share that we didn't touch on today? Yeah, definitely with the mercury. Uh, going back to that, uh, it's very important to have it removed safely. So we created through the uh, International Association of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, a protocol uh, that has been proven to not allow these mercury vapors to intoxicate you when you're having it removed. So if you are planning to have this mercury removed or, or amalgam fillings, definitely have somebody that's certified to do it properly. So as you said, you don't get sick from that because yes, I that actually happened to me. I didn't know about it and I got I actually had blurry vision and headaches after removal of, of these mercury fillings. That's great. And uh, the one thing that just came to, came to mind, I've wondered, why is, you know, the, the FDA will say, you know, avoid fish because it has mercury and everybody's fear for fish, 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 fish. But, you know, we have one fish meal a week, but we have mercury in our mouth 24-7. Why is that type of mercury not being focused on and, and, and being made aware by the FDA? Uh, well, because they're really trying to avoid uh, like a big lawsuit, really, because when you're looking at fish, how did fish end up with mercury? Well, it's actually from the dentist, because what happened for years and years and years, mercury from the dental offices ended up in the water supply and ended up in the rivers. Fish are eating the mercury and then we're eating the fish. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. And we have, of course, an amalgam separator now in our office. So we, we can separate this mercury coming out of, of people's teeth. So we can safely dispose of it so it doesn't go in nature. But there's a lot of dentists who still just let the mercury just flow right down into the drain. Yeah, and like I said, it's just, so that's the source. I think that would be a worse because it's the origin, but it's, uh, it's kind of hidden. It's not really pushed out about some of the higher-ups. I think there's a little bit more there than meets the eye with uh, following the money or something. Yeah, yeah so that's, uh, that's, a, that's another topic. But I want to thank you so much for being here today, helping us to get to the root cause and learn the tooth about oral health, and puns there are intended, to learn more about Dr. Mo. Moldovan. Go to drsandamoldovan.com. And while there, be sure and get a copy of her book, Heal Up, Seven Ways to Faster Healing and Optimum Health. You can follow Dr. Sanda on Twitter and Instagram, at Dr. Sanda. On Facebook, she's at Ask Dr. Sanda. For my daily social media post, you can follow me at Dr. David Friedman, except on Instagram, where you can find me at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Sanda share something today that would benefit 
it's somebody that you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is just too important to keep to yourself. Don't be selfish. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.